0: Would you please stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel? The gospel this morning is from the gospel according to Luke, the 21st chapter, and I will be reading this morning from the New Revised Standard Version. The destruction of the temple foretold. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, as for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, teacher, when will this be and what will be the sign that is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and plagues. And there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. But not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ Glory to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. When we hear Jesus' words in this passage from Luke, we hear a story of impending destruction. The beautiful temple built to the glory of God will be torn down so that not a single stone will be left upon another. There will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be earthquakes, natural disasters, famine, plague, sickness, death, persecution, imprisonment, betrayal by family and friends executions, all manner of injustice done against the righteous of God. There will be a movement of people marching toward captivity and bondage. Some against their will and some because they don't know what it is they are doing to God's people. a bleak picture. But the Old Testament scripture from Isaiah this morning, the one that Cindy read, speaks of a glorious new creation, a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem, and a bright new future for God's people. See, Isaiah paints a picture of hope for captive Israel. Israel held in exile against their will through the reign of Nebuchadnezzar and the reign of Belshazzar and the reign of Darius. Three administrations of oppression against the people of God. And then finally, when King Darius allows the people to return home to Israel to return, to rebuild Jerusalem. They begin their journey out of Babylon, moving from years of captivity, years of bondage, years of suffering, years of darkness and fear into freedom, into peace, into light. And so there is this long column of people Marching from captivity into freedom. So if we look at Luke and Jesus' words, and if we look at Isaiah and his prophecy for the people of God, we see two groups of people. Each group moving in opposite directions. One marching toward freedom and one marching toward bondage. Now if you have been paying attention, in cities across this nation there have been people marching. You've seen them, haven't you? The news is full of them. And as we watch, we have to wonder, are they marching toward freedom or are they marching toward captivity? See, there are people protesting and and then there are people bewildered by the protests. There are those who support the process that elected the new president and there are those who believe that the process has let them down. And so on both sides, we have fear, which produces anger and frustration and division, columns of people moving away from one another and at the same time colliding in a collision of wills, of ideologies, of priorities. My wife, Angela, wrote some thoughts as she was processing all that was going on this last week. And she identified in in what she wrote down the fear people are experiencing as a fear of the unknown. And I think that's a good observation. I'm not going to read you everything she wrote, but I do want to read you a paragraph. She says, the unknown is a very scary place. There's no doubt about that. But when you are facing scary situations, don't you find comfort in knowing that you are not alone? No one is alone in all of this. We have each other. Personally, I can tell you that if you need something and ask me, I'm not going to ask you for a copy of your 2016 ballot before helping. I'm going to do what I can, when I can, and however I can, no questions. I believe this to be true of almost everyone. And any tragic event that has ever taken place in this country... Should be clear enough evidence of that. And then she closes with this thought I love and pray for all of you, my family and friends, and that is not going to ever be changed based on who is occupying the White House. My hope and faith is in God, and He takes up residence in my heart. And lucky for me, that doesn't change every four to eight years. See, I think Angela is right on here. If we are one of those marching toward captivity, it's the bondage of fear that will hold us there. Fear comes when we place our hope and our faith in a fallible human rather than the infallible God of the universe. Jesus tells us to trust in Him because when we trust in Him, no matter what happens, nothing can touch us because our souls are protected. See, a little trust in something great, like Jesus, is far better than great trust in something small. And if... You will only redirect your trust. That fear will dissipate. Now, that being said, still there will be those who continue to march toward captivity. It's a sad reality that there are some who just want the chaos and the anarchy. For those people, we just pray. And then there are some who just need reassurance to dispel the fear. And we, the church, can be a balm to those who are in need of reassurance by simply extending to them the love of Christ who dwells in our hearts. See, we have to remember that in the midst of those marching to freedom there is God. And in the midst of those marching toward captivity, there is the hope of Christ and His redemption if we, the church, will only extend our hands and invite them in. And so to all of us, as we take on a posture of hope, take on a posture of wait and see, I offer this prayer. For the hungry and the overfed, Lord God, may we all have enough. For the mourners and for the mockers, Father, may we all someday laugh together. For the victims and the oppressors, Father, may we share power wisely. For the peacemakers and the warmongers, may clear truth and stern love lead us to harmony. For the silenced, And the propagandists, may we speak our own words in truth. For the unemployed and the overworked, Father, may we impress on the earth kindness and creativity. For the troubled and the sleek, Father, may we live together as wounded healers. For the homeless and the cosseted, may our homes be simple and warm and welcoming. For the vibrant and the dying, Lord God, may we all die to live. And for the free and those in bondage. May we all see God in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.